Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Amazing Savior, no scripture says whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But Jesus was baptized. And it's also something he commanded us to do in, in the book of Matthew. He commanded, go out and make disciples, baptizing them, right? And we also know it's a symbol of our death and burial and resurrection with Christ. So baptism is so important. That's going to be great. And uh, so you're welcome to join us right after church tonight. We'll head out, go to the next building. And uh, I was going to say we'll baptize Aaron, but I guess it's just going to be me baptizing him. But maybe we, we will. You'll all be there with us, so you're all helping. So praise God. Any other good news? I totally stole that one. You have good news? What's your good news? Which one, which one is your biological? Son-in-law. Awesome. Praise God. Well, here they are. Man, you, I, I love what Scripture says. It says, um, do not despise the day of small beginnings. Because you say, man, well, I mean, what's the big deal? We're just here. It's our first time. It's... The rest of the verse says, because the Lord rejoices. The Lord is excited. He's glad that the work has begun. It all starts somewhere, doesn't it? Praise God. So that's, that's excellent. Thank you for sharing that. Anybody else? Good news? If not, I'm going to get into the Word. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Those that are in my Bible study, don't worry. We will get back to this chapter soon. Here in the next couple weeks, we'll get back to this chapter. Let's start tonight with verse 15. And this is the prayer that the Apostle Paul is praying over and for the church at Ephesus. All right? So I'm going to read through it as a prayer for you and me, and then we're going to discuss it, and we may even get into chapter 2 tonight. All right? So Ephesians is an epistle. It's, it's a letter written to believers. All right? This is not written to the world. Once you accept Jesus, you say, man, I, I, I know God's transforming me. He's doing something in me. This is for you. This is for those who have accepted Jesus. You say, man, well, I, I, I'm getting around to that. Well, great. Either way, there's a lot of truth and power in here, but it is for God's people. Okay? So let's start with verse 15. And I'm going to, Ephesians 1.15, I'm going to start reading here, and I'm going to read it as a prayer over me and over you. All right? So you can whisper along if you want. I'm not going to make that too technical tonight. I'm going to just read through, okay? So however you want to do it, you can follow along. So Ephesians 1.15. Look at what the Apostle Paul says here. He says, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's where I'm going to make it into a prayer for us. To give us, you and me, spiritual wisdom and insight so that we might grow in our knowledge of God. I pray that our hearts will be flooded with light so that you, we can understand the confident hope He has given to those He called, His holy people who are His rich and glorious inheritance. Verse 19, I also pray that we, you and I, will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe Him. Get ready. 
This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. That's a lot of power. Verse 21, now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. Verse 22, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of whom? The church. Remember, the church is you. This is a church building, but you are the church. You are the body of Christ once you accept Jesus. Look at this explanation here by the Apostle Paul. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by whom? By things. By money. By a smartphone. By alcohol. By drugs. Nope, none of that stuff can touch it. It is made full and complete by whom? By Christ, the anointed one who fills all things everywhere. Someone say everywhere. Everywhere. Say it again. Say everywhere. With himself. That is powerful. So I'm going to discuss that prayer we just read over. Let's go back to verse 15. And look at what the apostle begins by saying here. He says, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I've not stopped thanking God for you. Isn't that powerful? This touches my heart as a pastor. And I know we, we have a we have a mom here tonight who said she's been praying for the kids. There's folks in here, you've been praying for people for years. Some of you said, man, someone prayed for me. Someone prayed me, and I thank God for my mom. I thank God for my mom. She always prayed for us. I've told you some of this before. I'd hear her praying for me in the other room, and I'm like, do you have to pray where I'm hearing you? God, deal with him. I'm like, is that on purpose? I live here, Mom. I was, you know, a teenager. I didn't want to wake up in the morning and pray with him sometimes. But mom was always praying, always praying, always praying. I've not stopped thanking God for you. This really touched my heart because I'm always praying for you. Whether I've met you or not, whether it's your first time or not, everyone that sets foot in the sanctuary, I'm praying for you. Every morning I come in here to pray or if I'm at home preparing or just thinking, I'm just praying in the Spirit for you. I pray for you constantly asking God, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom the footnotes in my bibles say that it could be as well as spiritual wisdom it could be the spirit of wisdom how many of you know we need wisdom say well what is wisdom wisdom is for intelligent people no no we'll get into that in a minute we're going to stop on this verse to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of god i remember i believe it was kenneth hagan a great man of god a teacher of the word not just a teacher of the word, but a man who stood in the office of a teacher, fivefold ministry, a true, true teacher of the word, very gifted. And he taught through stories a lot. Say, what's the importance of stories? Well, I'm told that 75% of the Bible is in story form. And if you notice, every time Jesus talked, just about, he's telling a story, huh? We, we as humans, we relate to stories. I remember Kenneth Hagin told a story, and he said, there was a guy that he had a third-grade education. So don't ever count yourself out. You say, man, I don't, I don't have the education you have. Hey, don't worry about it. All right? Don't worry about it. Remember Jesus, uh, his disciples, after they'd been filled with the Spirit, and they stood before the Sanhedrin, the leaders, the religious leaders of the people and political leaders of the people, they said, where did these unlearned, uneducated men get all this? 
And it says they realized they had been with Jesus. So he can give you the spirit of wisdom. He can give you spiritual wisdom. Well, Kenneth Hagin tells the story of a guy who had a third grade education, but he talked to God about everything and he would hear God's voice. And he made a lot of money doing that. And he told Kenneth Hagin at one point, he said, I've never lost money on a deal. Can you imagine how many times have we lost money on something, right? You bought something and didn't consult God maybe, or you said, man, no, it looks good. How many of you know not everything that glitters is gold? You ever heard that saying? Not all that glitters is gold, man. Some stuff looks great. I'm going to tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, this is not to freak you out. But just because they go to church with you doesn't mean they are God's will for your life. There were, it was amazing how many people told me right in this building, said, man, I think Matt's God's will for my life. I don't, I don't think so because I don't feel that. He hadn't, God forgot to tell me, he just told you. But then when God spoke to me about someone, I didn't tell her. It was a long time going. I was just like, I like her and she likes me. And they're like, you're different with her. Uh-huh. Well, God spoke to me. I knew something. I didn't have it all together. God was healing my heart and working on some things. But I'm going to tell you right now, you've got to hear from God. That's where wisdom comes from. Wisdom is the simple definition, the proper application of knowledge. You say, man, what if you don't know much? That's where you, that's where you spend time with God. He'll show you things, all right? The apostle here is praying that you would have spiritual wisdom. Over the years, I've watched my dad handle situations, and I'm thinking, there's no way. There's no way out of this. There's, and I've watched him sit down with people, or I've watched him put something off. I'm like, Dad, you got to deal with this. He's like, let me pray about it. Don't, don't talk to me about it anymore. Let me pray about it. And I've watched God give him wisdom in certain areas. He say, well, that's because he's in his 70s. No, no, I've met some people in their 70s. They're still not wise. That's why Scripture is so important. That's why the Word should be at the top of your list every day. Why? Because we've got we've to gain understanding. We've got to gain the spirit of wisdom from God, all right? And it's in His Word to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. Wow. Look at verse 18. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. How many in here like light to be in that? You like the house to be full of light at home? Anybody? Uh-huh. And my wife, she doesn't have to raise her hand, I know. I remember we first got married. And um, I remember we first got married. And I knew it would irritate her, I guess, because I think her dad was the same way. I think her dad would count light bulbs that were on in the house. He'd come, he'd finally, he'd make it to the kitchen or whatever in the house they grew up in, and he's like, I counted 15 light bulbs are on, but we don't have people in all these rooms, you know? I don't know why I'm that way. It was my upbringing, but it's just me. I'm the same with water. I'm like, why, is, why, why do we have the water running right now? Why is the water running? Why, why are lights on, you know? I'm one of those that will walk through the house behind my wife. This is terrible, but I'm gonna, just going to be confession time. She'll walk through the house and turn on lights. I'm walking behind her, turning them off. I'm like, we're not in that room. She's like, can you leave the lights on? These are all, these are like low, low energy bulbs, right? My wife loves a lot of light in the house. We open the blinds and stuff, get light in. Saw some hands raised in here. What's the beauty of light? Well, number one, you can see. Today I was amazed. Elena, I really thought I was, I was, I was just at the top of my game at my age, I said, man, praise God. God's been good to me, man. I'm, 
you know, I'm bald, but God's been gracious to me through the years. I looked in the mirror in Jen's restroom today, and those bulbs are so bright. I was like, like, oh, my gosh. I think I could. It was like x-ray bulbs. I was like, I have never even noticed that. My face. You know, what on earth? Things. Di- I was like, man, Lord, you got to help. I'm moisturizing and stuff. What do I need to do here? Light. Light can actually give you knowledge and wisdom. Say how? You can see stuff. But light also scatters cockroaches, doesn't it? Little dark things, they don't want to be in the light. Little nasty little stuff. Said, You turn on the light, the cockroaches scatter. Same way here. He's saying, I pray your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope. That's a powerful phrase. Confident hope. He has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Let's talk about light a little longer. Have you noticed that colors change with light? I don't know how to say this correctly, but I'm going to make up a phrase. I think I'm colorfully challenged. I mean, even in good light, I'm like, baby, is this navy blue or black? Sometimes I'm like, I can't tell the difference. But you get in the right light, even for me, real bright light, and I go, oh, that's, that's black. That's navy blue. Does any, you, don't ha- you don't have to raise your hands, but maybe just wink at me. Does anybody struggle with colors? Oh, you don't care, huh? You're a man. Hispanic men are like, color, some colors I'm like, ah, I see pretty good. But, I'm, you know, not that I see real well. I, I need an eye correction. But I, the colors, some just throw me off. But when it's bright enough, it helps me. All right? Light gives insight. Light gives wisdom and understanding. You say, oh, this is what it is. The other day I was messing with a pair of shades. I I didn't finish the project. It was very intricate, and I was trying to put nose guards on my shades. But I noticed when I brought the shades to that office over there, I could actually see what I was doing. It's so bright in there. LED lighting. It's bright. You need that. Remember Psalms? It says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You ever stumbled in the dark? Have you ever broken your toe? Have you felt like you broke it in the dark? Uh You kick something and it's always that pinky toe and it bends back like that. (laughs) I broke my... I know. You couldn't see. It was dark. I was walking by in the bedroom one time and I hit my knee. I I was like, I never even knew the frame was out here. It was dark. I hit my knee. Why? Because I couldn't see. The light of God's word, it changes everything. It changes the way you view things. It changes the way you perceive. Shed light on something. Here's another thing about light. Light is exposure. Light is exposure. Say, man, that, that makes me nervous. I know. But you got to let God's light shine in your heart so he can work in you and transform you. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with what? Light. So that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. His holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Light. God's word is light. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. The greatness of God's power. Now think about that for a minute. Right now you are on 
a round sphere. Think about this. It's round, but the ground seems flat to us. And it's spinning through space at thousands of miles per hour, and it's also rotating at a high velocity. How on earth? How? And then God put an atmosphere around this sphere so that m most of the asteroids that, that come in from outer space, they burn up before they ever hit the ground. Who would have thought of all this stuff? And then, beyond all that, get into your body, study your body. I don't know how, there's, I don't know how doctor, some doctors are atheists. Start to study genetics. There's actually been people who began to study genetics. They did not believe in God, and they said, wait, this is completely intelligent design. This is impossible. This didn't just happen. Your genes, your, your genetics, the way you respond to certain medications, your eye color, the way your body processes things, the way your, mind, your, your brain works, the different physical characteristics in your DNA, that's unbelievable, and it's all code written by God. God's power. Now look where this verse is going, though. The incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. Does God's power work for everybody? Well, no, not for the doubters, right? It said, for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power, he's about to make a powerful point here, that raised Christ from the dead. You try that. Can you imagine? Jesus came to earth. He said, I'm going to suffer and die, but I'll be back. That is powerful. No one had ever been able to do that in history. The same power that raised Christ from the dead and seated, not only raised him from the dead, seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Wow, that's a lot of power. Let's go to verse 21. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. I've become real cognizant lately of the fact that some people think all authority and all power has been given to them. I've watched this lately. I'm not going to get into all kinds of details, but I've watched people's handling of the present crisis this year. I'm amazed the statements they've made. There was a guy on the East Coast. He said, the numbers are lowering. He said, the COVID numbers. He said, the numbers are lowering. God didn't do that. He said, we did that. Repent, brother, or I'll just see you on Judgment Day. I don't know. That's a crazy statement to make. There, there's been lots of things that have been done. We were talking about light, right? A wise man of God told me today, he said, you know, you know with this situation, even though some parts of it, I know there's a real virus and all that, but you know, even though we, you see some elements of it, it just feels like a scam sometimes, right? You read conflicting information, this and that. There's a real virus out there. We know that. But the handling of it, right, by the higher-ups just seems questionable. We know there's a real virus. But here's what this man of God told me today. He said, you know what's interesting about this present crisis, about this year? He said, uh, it's exposing how people really think and act at every level. It, it's, it's like a, God's using a, a virus that you can't see to shed light on all kinds of stuff. It's caused you to, maybe it's caused you to check yourself and go, how do I really, wow, what, what do I believe about this? Or what do I believe about that? Or what are my views on this? It's interesting. And it's causing what's on the inside of folks to come out in different ways, right? 
I'm thinking, man, you're going to stand before God one day. Why, why are you doing it this way? Right? That's between them and God. We're going to keep praying, and we're going to keep standing in faith and standing up. Now, he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. He is the ultimate authority. Remember that. No matter how people act on the planet, he's over it all. Jesus is the name above all names. He's above cancer. I heard that in a song. He's the name above cancer. He's the name above sickness. He's the name above problems. Jesus is the name of anything. He's the name above anything you can name in the whole universe, right? That's what this, God has put all things under the authority of Christ. Verse 22, look at this. And has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. Say, man, oh, he's only the head over the church. The devil has everything else. No. Mm -mm. People give in to the enemy. They allow him to control their lives. They surrender control like Adam and Eve did in the garden. They surrender control and they fall for, guess what? Lies and deception. Don't you ever, ever, as people of God, and I know you're people of God, don't you ever sell yourself down the river for a lie. Make sure you buy into truth. Proverbs says, buy the truth and sell it not. You say, buy the truth? How do I buy the truth? Sometimes it just takes time. You bought it with your time sometimes because you're reading the word that's already there. You bought this truth with your time. You said, Lord, what are you showing me? What does your word really say? What does the word say? I love it that my teachers have always taught me this. What does the word say? What does the word say? This, this situation isn't greater than God. Psalm says, come and magnify the Lord with me. What does that mean? Does that mean God's not already big? No. It means let's magnify him together. Let's, let's make him look as big as he really is. Magnify means to enlarge, right? Many times we talk about the, the problem is magnified over God sometimes. It shouldn't be that way. The church is his body, verse 23. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere. Somebody say everywhere. With himself. Now that is powerful. So I'm going to go into uh, chapter 2, verse 1 now. And we're going to just keep, keep trucking for a little bit. I'm not going to keep, keep you much longer. Just a few more minutes. We're going to talk, talk about some more verses here. We're going to pray together. And then we're going to go baptize Aaron. Good to see the family. God bless you. Welcome. Good to see you guys. So Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. I didn't watch the whole movie. It was kind of a strange movie. But did anybody see that? The Green Mile? It's about prisoners going, they're, they're going to be executed, I guess, right? And when they would walk, what would they say? Dead man walking. See, there's people on the planet right now, they're dead already, and they don't even know it. Scripture says, look at verse 1 again. Said, what does that say? Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. Say, what does that mean, dead? Well, there's different kinds of dead in Scripture. You can be dead to the things of God, or you can be dead to the things of the world. I'm going to tell you right now, I'd much rather be dead to the things of the world. Because in him is life and light and hope. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. Before Jesus, people say B.C., before Christ, right? Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. Verse 2. Oh, that jumped. 
Ephesians 2.2. 2. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. <laughs> what an interesting phrase. The commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. I think one translation says the children of disobedience. Verse 3, all of us used to live that way. Some people thought they were born saved. Sometimes we've been saved so long, we're like, man, why does the world do that? Well, they don't have the Lord. All of us used to live that way. God has really dropped this on my heart this year. And it, it's this fact. It's 2 Chronicles 7.14. We don't have to go there. The Scripture says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and heal the land. It doesn't say, man, if the devil's children will just start acting right. The state of affairs in America is attributable to the body of Christ's prayerlessness. Did that make sense to anyone? I myself take responsibility as well. There's, and there's times we just cruise, man, I know. We just cruise. You're like, man, I'm saved. Praise God. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm in victory. And you ask them, say, how are you doing, man? I hashtag blessed. I don't know how you hashtag. Is that? That's, they're like, that's not it, bro. That ain't it. However, what you just did, don't do that anymore. But it's true. We, there's a world out there with people that are falling between the cracks. They're not just falling between the cracks. People are dying without Jesus. You say, oh, no. No, they went to hell because of all of that sin, and they were into this and that. And they were. Simplest way to put it is people go to hell because they die and go to hell instead of heaven is because they rejected Jesus and his gift. Yes, sin separates us from God, but I love this. I love this. I'm going to steal this quote from somebody I love. I heard this maybe a month ago. said, there's not a sin problem. There's a sinner problem. Sin's been taken care of, but people don't know it. And people tell you this all the time. Believers will go, well, but you know, they don't even want God. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised what people are looking for right now. And I, I've said this before. I'm going to say it again, not to freak you out, but here it is. You think this year's weird? What's next year going to bring? Somebody said the other day after the earthquake in North Carolina, said, I woke up thinking, what chapter of Revelation are we into today? I'm, I'm probably not quoting it right, but it was the, that's the general idea. <laughs> What's, my dad said recently, he said, don't be surprised by the next thing that happens. <laughs> Say, man, should I be scared? No, why would you? Because now there's, see, you don't even have to worry about your sin. You've come to Jesus. You don't have to worry about your past life anymore. All of us used to live that way. So there's not a sin problem. There's just a sinner problem now. You say, man, well, but I'm, I'm still, no. Mm -mm. You spend time, enough time with God in his word and at the altar. You say, man, I couldn't get to the altar here. How about your altar in the car or at home? Your altar is where you pray. You spend time with God, spend enough time with God, and, and you won't need counseling. You won't need this, that, or the other. God will take care of it, I promise you. And I'm not saying we don't need someone to talk to sometime, whether it's a counselor who's professional or a friend. Scripture says, confess your faults one to another so you may be healed. But there's time, how many of you know there's a time and place where you're beyond all that? 
You tried it all, and, and God just says, I've been calling you, just come back to me, return. Come to me. You were created for me. I'm here for you. Come. I have all the answers. Jesus said, what did he say? He said, come unto me, all you who are, who are weary and heavily laden or burdened, and I will give you what? Peace and rest for your souls. All of us used to live that way. Used to. Following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature, by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger. Just like everyone else. I'm going to finish up with, with these two verses here, verses 4 and 5. But God is so rich in mercy. Somebody say amen. So rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Let me read verse 6. I just can't even help it. We'll go back over this again next week probably. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and excuse me, seated us with him in the, where? In the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. One man of God years ago, he said, my feet are here on the ground, but I am seated in heavenly places with Christ. Wow. If you only understood, if God would just give you the revelation of who you are in Christ. He, can you imagine being treated as an equal by God? Why would he even do that? I know he calls for our worship. I know he is our God. We'll have no other gods before him. But in so many ways, he says, look, Jesus, he died on the cross. He shed his blood. And now by his blood, you can come into the throne room just like Jesus did. The Holy of Holies. That's crazy. We'll get more into this next week. Let's bow our heads and pray tonight. Right now, everyone listening to my voice, I'm going to start off with something very simple. And this is so important. This is the message of my life. It is the message of my soul. It is the language of my heart. And that is that people be right with God. We all have that ministry, and it's the ministry of reconciliation, meaning we have the ministry of just helping people to get right with God. Is there anyone in this house or online who would say, you know what, Pastor Matt? I need to get right with God. I need to either accept Jesus for the first time, or I need to get my heart right with him right now. Would you raise your hand and I'm going to pray with you tonight. If there's anyone in this house that says, man, I need to get right with God tonight. Nobody's going to laugh at you or give you a hard time. We're going to all pray together as a family. Anybody in here? Just raise your hand and I will pray with you. If not, don't worry about it. I'm going to pray anyway. I'm going to pray anyway. God bless you for your courage. Let's all pray together as a family. I want everybody in this house to say, Heavenly Father, Please forgive me. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. I know and I believe that Jesus is my Savior, but I make Him my Lord. And I believe that He died and rose again for my sin. Cleanse me. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for saving me from hell, and from sin, and from myself. In Jesus' name. Right where you are, in the same spirit of reverence, I'm going to finish up with prayer tonight. Lord God, we thank you for your word. I believe it fell on good ground. I know your word does not return to you empty. It does not return to you 
empty-handed or void. Your word accomplishes what you send it to accomplish. And I thank you tonight, Lord, that your word has accomplished its purpose. And whatever that was in each of the hearts here tonight, those listening on the live stream or on the audio after the fact or in this house tonight, Lord, your word is accomplishing what you sent it to accomplish. And I believe that. And I agree in Jesus' name with those that are gathered here tonight. We agree that your word is still powerful and strong and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And Lord, it did what it was supposed to do tonight. Continue to convict us and speak to us and transform us. Lord, we cannot be transformed if we don't receive the word gladly and apply it. Help us to do that, Lord. We can't do it on our own. We need your spirit to do that. We thank you tonight, and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen.